0: You got it! The hottest band in the land! Give!
1: Is... Hello and welcome to another edition of Robin Records, live from lockdown. Here we are again recording another session for you Live from lockdown And this evening we're talking about the legendary rock band Kiss Craig Templeton In the house What the fuck are you drinking?
0: I am drinking something new And I took a leaf yes, out of your book Yes And I ordered three rums um, One is a classic that I would say is my day-to-day My weekday rum Stunning. Um, it's one that we talk right. about all the time. One okay. is like the kind of lower level version of probably one of my favourite rums out there. Mm-hmm. And then one was uh, just one that I really kind of had my eye on. One that I'd never touched before.
1: And it's actually like an early Father's Day present, but I've already opened it inside, given a wee drink. So good, man. Good man. So three interesting selections. Which one of you, uh, <clears throat> you are you well, on tonight? It's a special occasion. We're we're here live from lockdown.
0: The normal yeah. rum that I, I generally drink all the time, Appleton's Estate, obviously. Joy, yep. Joy Spence in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the best rum per pound you can get. Yeah, uh, I think I got that one for sixteen pounds, which is that is ridiculous value. Ridiculous. Um, but then my favorite rum, I would say, of all time. Yeah. Has to be Pampero Aniversario, you know the oh, one that comes in the real yeah. leather pouch. Aye, um, I love that rum. I'd absolutely love it. It's usually I don't know mid thirties, low forties esque yep. price mm-hmm. range, and I managed to get Pampero Especial, so the the lower level, for twenty pounds, so half price. And I thought it's still a nice shaped bottle. Doesn't come mm-hmm. with that kind of leathery pouch though. No, the taste no, wise funky. isn't obviously it's good um, no. but it's very similar to these other kind of especial rums these kind of yeah, 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 lighter yeah. rums um, and for 20 quids you cannot knock it a new rum it's to like taste it. from an established brand, 20 pounds can't argue I mean who's going to say the no like
1: that who is going to say no
0: and tonight and then- I'm going to drink it not with coke, I decided you know what I'm I'm taking too much, like I'm taking too much coke, guys. I'm taking
1: too. I mean, we're talking about kiss tonight, excess, (laughs) rock and roll. (laughs) Um,
0: So I'm actually I'm going back to something that was a revelation of mine back on episode nine of series one, Catronada's ninety nine point nine percent, and that is, of course, Canada Dry ginger ale. Nice. And I have to say, again, once again, it's a fucking revelation. I'm like, why have I not been drinking this more often? Mm.
1: Like, it's, it gets rid of that
0: kind of sugary sweetness that I do mm-hmm. adore. Um, It gets rid of all that kind of heavy syrupy kind of viscosity in your mm-hmm. mouth. Yeah. And it just lets the flavours sing. No, it I've really totally does. There's a slight gingery note there. There's this slight busyness bubbles yep Um, and then when you squeeze a bit of lime into ginger ale the lime just fucking sings like it cuts right through it So, I've got a nice wedge of lime, lots of ice, Mm. a little bit of ginger ale, like a dash of that, and a nice kind of glug of pampero. especiality A nejo. So, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, I probably went into far too much detail. I forgot to say, the one that I got for um, Father's Day, uh, Kirk and and Sweeney, Um, Uh 12-year-olds. It's interesting. I'm going to drink it a little bit more and see how I really feel about it. I've never
1: tried it. But I bought it for my dad. I don't know if it was Father's Day; it could have been, it could have been a birthday or something like that. But I remember buying him the bottle, and I thought it looked really quite a good. The bottle is beautiful. Bottle was beautiful, completely clear, quite an interesting shape, big it's sort heavy of heavy bottom. Pot. Yeah, very nice. So that sounds dynamite. Um, I have to say, back to your point around the Canada Dry and the Catronade episode, which is actually one of our most popular, most downloaded episodes. Um, and I'm glad because that um, marriage of Canada Dry and the Claren, Clarins Sujou. was absolutely inspired. And I think it's one of the best combinations of rum and mixer that we've done... Over this entire series, uh, all the other series combined, all our episodes combined, so I'm very glad to hear that. Um, I've also brought something a wee bit different um, this evening myself. Um, you mentioned Appletons, so I had Appletons, I can't remember which one it was, it was the 12 year old one, they've changed a lot of the naming conventions Um They have, haven't they? To confuse things... Uh, the scamps that they are, but I've got a, a different one here. It's called now a reserve blend and it's uh it's not the it's not the estate, so it's the kind of next one up from that, but it's is, not the twelve.
0: Is that the kind of greyish label or what colours the label?
1: No, I think it might have been grey. It's now like a golden kind of label. Oh. So same sort of like fatty little kind of chody bottle. Um um, so I'm going to just—I've not actually tried this yet. Um, so I'm going to no, I tell you—I've tried—I have tried it. But I've not tried it with this mixer, which will come to you in a second. So I'm just going to fire some ice in here get a good glug of this. Um, it feels like a like a wee bit like a seven-year-old, maybe, but it doesn't actually mention <laughs> anything. <laughs> Steady, um, and mixer wise, again going back to an early episode. In fact, our very first episode, um, part of our uh, drunken escapades, was fueled by basically half a bottle of Appletons, and which we enjoyed with Ting
0: Oh man, that was such a
1: good the sparkling grapefruit drink. So I'm just going to.
0: So I was going to Spartacus. say that was a good um, start of the evening, but then I forgot we had been—I had been drinking on the train up to Manchester. Then we had spent the entire day, um, yeah, drinking cocktails. Um, and then
1: yeah,
0: we were doing all those shots. Remember, oh, I was it the, the James Franco? James Franco. Um, that was uh, what was that again? Would- Frangelico and Jameson. Jamesons, yeah.
1: And I had a you RuPaul. A RuPaul, which was... Uh, Ray oh, and Nephew uh, and Rhubarb, I think. Oh, God, aye. And the thing is, they tasted nice, but they were fucking lethal. Uh,
0: you can say they tasted
1: nice. I'm not going to say that. Oh, aye. That's nice with the... Just that nice um, sort of bitter, citrusy taste. It, it kind of cuts through. It's, it's lighter, as you say. Mm. A, a little bit in a similar way to the, to the ginger beer. So that's what we're drinking... Uh, This evening, listeners um, Cheers Craigie T Oh
0: cheers cheers. Craig Smith Cheers to you
1: Album. We've kind of picked, I think, they tend to fall into two categories: the albums that we've chosen to do um, throughout this series, and they've been either your, I guess, classic or your a little bit more kind of indie type type album, a little bit more indie, kind of out there, trying to bring some kind of combination of the two really to the table, and keep things interesting. This is very much in the former camp of, of being a classic artist and a classic album. Um I will be completely honest. Um we were starting to no intentions of this was to go through our collections or um and sort of bring out some of our favourite live albums that, that we had. Um now I've uh <laughs> I've kind of been running out of stuff so I've had to go out and actually source some some new ones and uh I, I, I was kind of looking at like, what is the kind of albums to get what is the good live albums who says you know that appears th- on many lists and on different sort of uh, publications as being up there with it with the best and this one kind of comes up time and time again uh, and it is of course kiss alive alive explanation mark that's very important alive alive um, it was released really early in their career. It was, um, they, I think they had three studio albums um, and it sort of built up a, quite a reputation of uh, being a, a sort of, you know a, you know, a great sort of live act, um, you know, and one to be reckoned with. Obviously... Because of the way they they looked, um, but more, but sh- maybe not more so, but just as justified, um, their performances as much as their appearance was something uh to to behold, really. I it's some, it's it's really strange when you do look at the career of
0: Kiss and Alive does come in well, obviously fairly early into their career because they've went on for fucking ages, mm. but their first three albums, the first two of those were released in seventy four. Yeah, And then Dressed to Kill came out in 75, as did Alive. Yeah. So, four albums in two years. Fuck, I didn't even realise that. I mean, that is... Uh, <laughs> and then... then is whoa, 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 prolific. Hold on a minute. Then, 76, you have Destroyer, Destroyer. which is a huge album. Rock and yep. Roll All Over, also 76. 77, yep. Love Gun, an absolute fucking... Love Gun! Nah. Absolutely and and, and 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 seventy-seven so same year as Love Gun Alive 2. Oh fuck, there's
1: an alive two.
0: And then ah. they took then they took a fucking break in seventy-eight and just started fucking going for it again. So I mean these boys have got some sort of some big work ethic. that I have ever listened to in, like,
1: kind of purposefully. No, and I was going to ask you that. Like, um, it, you know, one of the things that when I saw this album, and obviously everyone knows who Kiss are. They know about Kiss. They know at least a couple of songs or at least one song. They go, oh, that's Kiss. Um, but it's never a band I've, I've chose to seek out or has really grabbed me that's maybe want to go and listen to them more or buy any of their albums. Um, not that I, th- I think they're rubbish or I don't. Um, obviously, we wouldn't be talking about them if we did unless we just wanted to completely rip the piss out of them, but uh, that may be an interesting episode actually to actually do that, just like fucking... <laughs> tear so them rip- apart. Uh, um, but early memories or kind of first memories, I mean, I think for me kind of weirdly, it was probably when they made a bit of a comeback and it was Crazy Nights and they didn't have the makeup and all that on and Aye. it was just
0: Well um, saying that, I mean before I go into oh, my memories of them, the only record of KISS that I have is their unmasked record, which was I think nineteen mm-hmm. eighty Yes, 1980, Unmasked, the one with the kind of comic book strip on the front. And linking back to the previous post, this also came from my father-in-law's record collection. I was like, oh, it's Kiss. I might as well take
1: it and have a wee listen to it. So that was from the one you got in New Zealand. um, That's where you also got Devo. Right, okay, with you, with you. Um, But for me, the original kind of
0: memories of Kiss... Mm. There's two. So again, we talked about the kind of influence of MTV on our musical tastes and knowledge yeah. and what we're finding yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Kiss was one of those that would come on and I think it was also like crazy, crazy nights and all that sort of shit. Um but one of my favorite albums of all time, Weezer's debut, the blue album, oh. um there's a song In the Garage or In the Garage. In
1: the
0: um where they talk about having um
1: posters on the wall and stuff yeah, like that, don't they? Ace
0: freely on the wall, I think it was.
1: My yeah, favorite um, rock group Kiss. Like that. Yeah. I got posters on the wall. No 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 no. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And um and kind of around about that time as well. When was that out then? When was that was what ninety six or something?
0: No, 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 no. Weezer's came out in ninety four. Ninety
1: four, ninety four. Because sorry.
0: the video for Buddy Holiday... Buddy Holiday, Buddy Buddy Holiday? Hall- <laughs> <laughs> a
1: Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly. That would be a mash up. <laughs>
0: uh, the video for Buddy Holly was on Windows ninety. 90- Oh, shit.
1: Well, I've got that
0: old Windows now. XP? No, 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 no. I've got that old now that I can't remember the Windows... It yes. was Windows 3.1 and then was it 95? MS-DOS. It was Windows 95, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So if you had the installation disc of Windows 95, you yeah, could put in...
1: You
0: could put the computer I in and I had the video. So yeah, Weezer Blue Album came out in 94. I'm <laughs>
1: Another sort of element for me was there's a there's a movie called Detroit Rock City. It was released in 1999, um, and it stars uh, Edward Furlong, who was in he was a guy who was in Terminator Two, wasn't he? And he was he he was yeah, and he was in uh American History X. um The wee guy who so plays uh, Ed Norton's brother. Anyway, the the, the, sort of, the sort of story the the the, um, the plot is. It's set in the seventies and it's these teenagers that try to scam their way into a kiss concert. So there's a lot of that kind of music and they're obsessed with kiss and they're trying to get into this concert. It's I quite enjoyed it at the time. I've not seen it for years and years. I was going to try and watch it before we did this podcast, but I never managed to get around to it. Um but it's it's a decent movie and I remember like enjoying the songs, um, maybe getting a little bit caught up in the in the movie, but um, that I remember that's, again, another early memory of Kiss. But um, other than that, haven't paid too much attention to them. Uh, Gene Simmons, obviously one of those characters that seems to pop up um, here and there, quite a, I suppose you could call him quite a kind of charismatic guy at times, um, certainly a character for
0: sure. Yeah, and I mean, like, his tongue
1: is iconic, obviously. (laughs) Well, we can't can't not talk about the tongue, really.
0: And I think that was also it. Like, MTV Cribs, you would go in, you'd start seeing, like, these old fucking rock stars that would sell their soul for any more kind of exposure. Yeah. And uh, um, he was fairly kind of out there and and really was kind of selling the brand because I'm pretty sure that's when I discovered that you could buy a Kiss casket
1: And you could be buried in fucking a kiss coffin. Actually, do you know what? That is a fucking phenomenal point. They must have been one of the kind of forefathers of merch, I guess, um, (laughs) band merch. Aye. Because they were in about the same time as like Star Wars, right? Which invented like merch for movies, like figures and all that kind of shit. Yep. Um, So... I'm willing to bet they made a fuck ton of money on merch. And actually, a lot of bands now really depend on you buying the T-shirt as much as coming to the gig and absolutely and and getting the record. Merch is kind of where it's at. And Um, that's the thing about live music,
0: is if you stop going to live music, a lot of bands are going to lose most of their income. Mm, Because most of the money from albums is getting paid back for the actual
1: recording of that album. No, and again, you know, we... we, continual theme in the whole point of doing this is um trying to highlight you know how much we actually do love um live music but how much bands actually do rely on it maybe not bands like kiss but uh <laughs> certainly uh, uh fledgling bands uh very much so and i was a bit gutted that uh, we were due to be a gig actually tomorrow
0: yes um, so we're gonna see tennis
1: and, we're going to see tennis in London uh, and a band tour. Like, do you know what? They're not really that big. They're still quite a small indie band. You know, they've had several albums, but you know, they're very sort of a uh, very sort of little commercial success. And um, you know, it got refunded. And it just says there's no plans to sort of to sort of reschedule this, which was a bit gutting. So they've obviously decided, like, yeah, we're not doing any European tour until um, it's safe to come. Well, until about- it's safe to come,
0: and talking about tours, Kiss. Are on their final ever tour, supposedly. I don't know how many final tours KISS have had. Um, but supposedly Kiss are on their final tour ever. And and, and 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 when they are touring the states, they're gonna to be touring with David Lee Roth. <laughs>
1: So no, no. Do you know what? That is so fucking weird, right? Um That you mentioned that because we were talking just just off air, not off air, just use a industry <laughs> term. Um, I was I was going to say uh, I mentioned to you. This reminds me of an album we've done before, and and it was the Van Halen album. So it reminds me, and it's kind of structure in the way that it, it's almost like it's cliches it's fan interaction it's drum solos we'll get to um <laughs> uh, but what i would say the music here is a lot better certainly the singing a lot better um than the van halen obviously this is early in the career whereas the van halen one was very much late at the end of their career uh, and i think that's well, pretty obvious I think, that, I think it's kind of funny as well how you say it's
0: cliches but this album probably was the one that kind of wasn't a cliche because it's that old that this was just the kind of hard-wracking kind of fucking arena tour. No,
1: you're right. When it's I almost like in retrospect, we call it a cliche.
0: Yeah, that Van Halen one was only like a yeah. few years ago and it was old cunts fucking playing up to what it used to be like. Yeah.
1: Get no, that's, that, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. It's, 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 in, it's in retrospect and, you know, we're, we're putting what we know now that lens over it rather than actually. Taking face value I mean, this what, is this is also a
0: band at its peak. peak. This is the th- the four original members, mm, um, for sure. Whereas now, again, Van Halen, they
1: didn't have um, what's his face on the bass. Oh, I because they replaced him. he fired him and replaced him with the, his son, basically. His son, the I, his son, didn't he? Like Wolfgang. Wolfgang. Well, we Wolfie. We um, wank we, we wanky, we wanky Wolfie. Don't like <laughs> Ross. Let's hear you say that. We wank gang. Uh, we w- <laughs> oh. The Recording of it because it's all I'm always quite curious to where things get recorded and how they get recorded, and it's and it certainly came up on quite a few episodes now. Um, so this one was recorded in three different venues, um, but all kind of part of the same sort of tour, I believe. Uh, they refer it to as the I think it's like what was it, America's Bread Bin, <laughs> uh, the, Rust, <laughs> the Rust Belt, the Rust um, Belt,
0: um, Cleveland. So they,
1: Aye, p- partly Cleveland but it takes in like uh basically you know like we're all the kind of midwest but we're all the kind of one bit where all the great lakes are essentially uh-huh. uh, Detroit, Cleveland, um Wisconsin all all those kind of blue collar type working class towns that sort of
0: Is it called the rust belt
1: because all the industry has died? I think it might be called that now, Yeah, um, or is it because of the metal in the water? I don't know. I was trying to think why. Um, uh, we'll need to find that out. I don't know, but it's it's quite cute. In some ways, it's curious that, um, you know, a band who, okay, by today's standards, most people wouldn't blink an eyelid, but, you know, dressing up quite sort of, um, you know, tight clothing, makeup, and I, I guess it was a thing of the era, but, you know, kind of macho working class guys working in factories and you know welding cars and all this kind of shit. You wouldn't think this was maybe the type of music they'd go for, but um maybe 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 they were just a little bit suppressed back in those days and that was the stuff they really wanted to talk about. And that's maybe why it got such uh such kind of notoriety. But but anyway, so this is where it was recorded. It was recorded on three different dates. Um, Detroit, Cleveland, and Davenport, whatever the fuck that is. Um, uh, I think it says Wildwood. Don't know where that is. My, my geography's not that good, but um aye. So, so it was recorded over those two dates. Again, there was some contention over the, the authenticity of the recordings. So you remember we talked about back in episode two of this series about Thin Lizzy? Yeah. And um your man. Visconti was like, that was all fucking overdubs. It was like fucking nothing on that. It was just the drums, basically. Uh, so there was a lot of accusations flying around, but were deeply refuted by the band. However, apparently in a later, um, one of these late um, autobiographies or biographies, um, your man Simmons was like, aye. He says aye. Most of it was all overdubs and blah, blah, blah. I don't know again what's true. You know, Who knows? who knows all I know is it sounds fucking heavy it does sound really fucking good right. and this is the thing um, I'm on a wee bit of a kind of mission to buy albums just live albums and say you know that's the only album I need of that band I don't need anything else I don't need the back catalogue I'm not going to go, go and buy Kisses fucking 25 studio albums <laughs> I don't need them I just need this maybe K- a live too if it's any good but <laughs> <laughs> It can't no, be that good if it only had, like, a couple of albums between. Nah, I suppose, I suppose no. But um, it's, inter- I, it's, it's interesting that, to try and maybe do that. And I've got another one that we'll talk about in a, in a future episode. But as a bit of a behemoth. It is fucking hard rocking. Um, we've got, it's a double LP. Um, it's, it's pretty sprawling. It's almost um, an hour and a half long. So it's a... Uh, it's, it's it's quite a it's quite a it's quite a marathon in some ways, but it doesn't feel like a marathon if you if you just stick it on and. and
0: I mean, it, it can feel like it. a bit of a long slog if you don't like drum solos. Well, it's in, it's a nice segue. The second LP is it what kicks off with fucking is a hundred thousand years? Is that on the second
1: LP? Is it on the second LP? It's definitely the second. No, sorry, it's on the th- it's on the second LP. Second song in of side A of the second it's LP. So second like
0: song in, and it's a twelve minute song. That three minutes into the song, the fucking drum solo starts, and it's not until about eleven minutes in that mm-hmm. the drum solo finishes. So you got eight fucking solid minutes of drum solo. And yeah. a bit of fucking crowd interaction. Well, like kinda
1: cheating of yeah. the crowd up. But I mean there is quite a bit of that. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was of, of the time. It was uh was it, was it Peter Chris was the drama, as you Peter said. Chris, Peter yeah, Chris, yeah. The cat? Um, cat man. The cat. <laughs> pussy but, man. Little pussy face. Little <laughs> pussy um, face. He did have the, he did have the shittest one really, didn't he? I mean we can't not talk about the makeup, but
0: I don't know. I think what? everybody kinda had shit ones apart from Gene Simmons. He's yeah, freely, freely with a silver kinda stood out as well. But fucking Paul yeah. Stanley with his one star, like a fucking eye patch, and Peter Chris fucking whiskers. How is your drink? I want to know about this. Do you feel like it is better than, let's say, a £16 bottle of Appleton? Um,
1: No, I don't think it is, actually. I don't think it's worth the extra four or five quid, whatever extra I paid for it, I'll be honest with you. Um, Certainly not with Ting. Certainly not with Ting. It was weird because the the one we had it with was the more expensive one and I don't know, maybe the agedness of that with a Ting... Yeah. No, surely not. Was it? That was one my sister bought me at Christmas. Ah. Um, briefly back to the album, I just wanted to touch a wee bit on the drum solo, so, A Thousand Years, and we already mentioned them a couple of times Peter, Chris. Absolutely, <laughs> they would have <laughs> basically people coming on, like the, essentially the, the roadies. Coming on stage, like doing uh, like these fucking getting like flame, thr- almost like flamethrower type scenarios, and creating this ring of fire as he played his <laughs> fucking four was it four minute drum solo was it? Fuck knows. Uh, no, um, that, that drum solo there that was about eight minutes. Eight eight, eight minute drum solo it was fucking absolutely absolutely crazy. Um, aye, so. I don't know. This is what he did to Partly. This was quite quite a sight to behold. Obviously, you can't get that on the LP, but, um, <laughs> yeah, again, it's that kind of... It's something that you'd see on, like, fucking... What's the thing? Um,
0: spinal Tap. Spinal
1: Tap. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> one of those things, but... It's cool We think there was a time where these things were... That actually happened and weren't just. I mean, pyrotechnics at gigs can be fucking great
0: or they can Mm. look stupid as fuck, but like, there's no one better than Rammstein when it comes to stage theatrics in my mind. Yeah. And I've seen that band, I think, two or three times. Every time with my dad, my dad always is the person that buys the tickets, like, right, we're going to that show. And I remember the second time we went, the whole family went, it took my mum as well. To see to see Ramstein, and as soon as we got in, my dad fucked off to the front. Me and my brother went into the crowd, and my mum just stood at the edge. This was the ACCC, right. and it was like two hours of fucking nonstop flames and metal music and phallic cocks get like ejaculating oh, all so. over the crowd so I remember like my mum like saying oh, I mean they put on a good show <laughs> there was fucking yeah well it was, uh, it was entertaining uh, certainly theatrical they, uh, the article. they you know, put on a good show but honestly but... that's when you talk about flames I just think about
1: yeah. Rammstein yeah no I, oh god man Ramstein fucking hell man <laughs> you would you, you'd see some interesting stuff back in the day Craig I'll, I'll, I'll certainly give you that <laughs> Um, I don't know if any <laughs> Ramstein albums will appear on any, many best off lists. I don't. I don't know. I don't but, um, know if they,
0: like maybe not live albums, but their actual albums are fucking dino. They actually. <clears throat> I know this is going way off topic, but one record store day they released a box set. And it was in this metal box, and um, no word of a lie, right? So there's I think six members or seven within this metal box. You opened up and just take a guess. Or what was in those box
1: in that box? I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> records <laughs> No, I don't know. Sh- shaped like their instruments or something.
0: It was their cocks. <laughs> it literally had molds made of their cocks and oh, for fuck's put, sake, put in oh, a box. What, like they're flaccid or they're erect Not penises? Erect penises, so you could fucking. <laughs> So, g- g- get yourself a wee poke
1: while listening to the fucking chins. No fucking way, man! That is hilarious. Um, I wonder if like I'm, now really curious. Like, what, what, what they can kind arrange of in sizes? Were. Well, supposedly there was quite a range. It also comes with a set of handcuffs. You can imagine, like, some fucking like mad rock chick who loves a band. That's her fucking wet dream.
0: I'm gonna
1: oh, go rock chick rock. Fucking dude. <laughs> no, each their own.
0: I'm gonna go to discogs and see how much that costs.
1: Raced on a bike, man. I was why is there two of them but I realize it's mirrored at the back. <laughs> <laughs>